Welcome to Counterbalance Conversations, the show that engages your imagination with discussions about emerging topics and stories of healing, change-making, resilience, and passion. Here is your host, Dr. Melissa L. Strasser. Hello, and welcome to Counterbalance Conversations. Thank you for all of my returning listeners, and if you're new, welcome. I am talking today to Jamie Lerner. She is the co-author of the book, Ever-Loving Essence of You, and she can put a fresh spin on just about anything that anyone throws her way. Her unique and masterful ability to reframe even the most difficult situations is astounding. All of a sudden, your biggest nightmare becomes your greatest pleasure as she lovingly helps you shift through the contrast and find that small opening of light that quickly becomes your greatest jumping off point for clarity. Unassuming, reassuring, and seemingly without any sense of ego, Jamie is able to put everything at ease. Jamie Lerner is an asset to any corporate setting. She's easily able to untangle issues at hand and move right along into helping facilitate a solution-based platform for creative, productive, good-feeling collaboration and change. Jamie Lerner can most often be seen working with individuals, children's, children, adults, and couples, as well as small groups. She never positions herself as the expert of anything and is always reminding you that you know what is best for yourself always. And Jamie has, we've been chatting before the show. How are you doing? Good. Thank you so much for inviting me. And I absolutely, and I'm so grateful that you were willing to come on the show and uh, talk to us about your book, about your process. So I always like to ask my, uh, my guests, the first question is, Tell me your story. <laughs> I mean, we heard a little bit in the bio about it, but tell me your story. Okay. Well, I was born with a knowing, and I think that we all are. And then just through the contrast of life, I think that we tend to move further and further away from ourselves. Um, I actually always heard my own voice the clearest and the loudest. And um, I was a very difficult child (laughs) and teenager, (laughs) impossible to influence because I always thought that I knew best for myself, always. Um, And I was reminded of this because uh, the difficulty that I had when I was growing up was the relationship with my mom. Here I was very connected to myself and clear, hearing myself, and yet I could not understand why I did not have the emotional connection with her. And it's taken me half my life to work it out, um, which was the inspiration for the book, The Ever-Loving Essence of You. So growing up, I knew I wanted to... um, study psychology. I was always fascinated with the interpersonal relationships of people and the connections that they formed with themselves and others. And um, I realized that the only reason I was unable to have this connection with my mom is because 
she was unable to have a connection with herself. So I believe that the most important relationship that we have is with ourselves and it becomes the foundation for every other relationship that we go on to have with another. That is so true. And I, as a, as a coach myself, I hear that a lot is individuals saying that they, they either have challenges with their, their, their parents or some family member. And as they go through their, their process working with somebody who is a therapist or somebody who is a coach or on their own, doing their own work, um, that once they get to know themselves and they understand themselves and trust themselves, um, that that is when those relationships improve. Is that what you find as well? Absolutely. I think it always starts and ends with ourselves and it never has anything to do with another, which is difficult to hear for people who have really um, grown up believing that every issue that they have with themselves is because of another. Yes. Yes. And that is a, uh, that is a difficult or a challenging thing for individuals to hear a lot of times. It's also difficult if you're going through, I do a lot of um, dark night of the soul work and shadow work with my clients. And that, that is, um, I think their aha moment is exactly what you were talking about. So you often refer to um, this life that, you know, your authorship and your, your current, um, your current state as a well-being therapist. Is that, did I say that correctly? Yes. Yes, that's right. That's right. You often refer to that as your, this is your third life. So tell me a little bit about that and tell me about what a well-being therapist is. Okay. Well, um, I went to school and got my MSW and did psychotherapy in a private practice for a long time. And all the while realizing that um, I didn't feel like I was helping people help themselves. I thought that in many ways I was perpetuating their own feeling of being stuck. So I decided to give that practice up and I traveled and I studied and now I do something really different, which is helping people get from where they are right here now to where they want to be and assisting them in assisting themselves in that process. So that is very different from um, the work that I did earlier and um, the, the area of psychotherapy that I spent a lot of time studying in school. But it's very exciting to me to um, assist people in assisting themselves and to watch them tap into their own power of personal responsibility and self-connection and self-love. And as they begin to ask themselves the question of what they are wanting, they um, are able to navigate in such a way and create that for themselves, with themselves. Mm-hmm. And it's it's really exciting and really fun. That That's um, from a, I would imagine, from a therapist standpoint, that that is a 
kind of a crowning moment in their in their progress for you and a, a celebration point um, that you get to have with them when they come to that next step or that next level. Yes, because then it, the sky is the limit. I mean, they really do realize that they are their own greatest resource. And um, that's it's just fantastic. Yes. And so it, that brings us, I think, to what we were going to talk about today, which is changing your storyline, change your life. Yes. And um, <laughs> so as we come into 2022, there's a lot of people asking themselves, is my storyline working well for me? And that may be career-wise, um, that may be personal um, development, maybe finances, all those areas of their lives, you know, and is this the way that I want to go into 2022? So obviously at the end of the year, everyone starts taking stock and saying, okay, let's make a fresh start. Let's make some new year's resolutions. But I think with the um, almost two years now of pandemic, a lot of people are re looking at their stories and looking at their storylines Um, so I'll ask you the same question. Is your storyline working really well for you? It is absolutely working brilliantly for me because I have made a choice very early on to reframe every effing moment of my life. (laughs) Yes. Yes. (laughs) In such a way that they become powerful moments for me where I take personal responsibility and make decisions about what I am wanting and how I am wanting to move forward to those new exciting moments or chapters or, um, and so, yes, it's working really, really well for me. Uh, The thing that I know is that I'm the only one that can do this for myself. And Yes. I then know that I am also the living, breathing example of what is possible. And I believe as people in the helping profession, we must walk our talk and become the example of what is possible. Absolutely. And I absolutely agree with with that. And um, my listeners have heard this, heard several pieces of my story over the last... um, Uh, since I started the show. um, So over the last year, I've taken a lot of that responsibility for myself and I've made done a lot of the work, made a lot of the changes. So then I could be those examples and I could rewrite my story. And someone actually said to me the other day that I was writing my life the way I want it now. And they were really happy for me that I was doing that. And it is a very exciting time thinking about where I was last year compared to now. So I can understand and relate to exactly what you're saying. It, it takes that responsibility. And again, being in the helping profession um, as a yogi and a Reiki teacher and practitioner and as a coach, you know, I'm not a therapist. The very, I've always said that was a very distinct difference. Um but in that same type of helping profession, I have those individuals um, who look at me and say, oh, are you doing what you're asking us to do? 
And I think and I, that's super important. It is super important. And it's so wonderful for you because it all, it must all feel so much better. Oh, it's fantastic. Yeah. It, I mean, it's fantastic. And I love seeing that progress. And I love being able to tell people about it as I'm working with them. Um, and you, you even say that uh, well-being is uh, a connected state of being happy, healthy, and prosperous. And yes. I feel like I'm well on the way to that. What about you? I guess, absolutely. And it's our birthright. I think it's really important for people to be reminded mm -hmm. that that is what we're here to be, is in a state of well-being. So tell me a little bit more about um, the work that you do with individuals. How does your, how do sessions work with you? Um, if someone were to work with you, what would that look like from a well-being therapist? Well, first of all, um, I tend to only work with people who are willing to take personal responsibility. And it really starts from the first point of contact because um, people will tell me what they're needing in terms of how many minutes per session. I don't tell anyone what they are needing because how would I know? So from the very moment that we connect, I am reminding people that they know for themselves and um, that even if they don't know how or why they know for themselves, they do know. So um, it's also about reminding people that if they're feeling stuck, stuck is just a moment and it, it could be a moment of, um, that's kind of exciting mm -hmm. because how we're feeling about something is really the problem, not the situation. So the situation is what it is, but how we're choosing to feel about it, that tends to be the problem. And when people start to untangle that, they see that they have a lot of choices about the situations that they feel stuck in. And that feels really good too. And we don't have to look back to move forward. And I think that is the thing that gives people the greatest sense of hope and relief that they're not having to go back and relive and retell the story about all the things that happened to them when they were growing up or in their home of origin or whenever. However, Mm -hmm. If they do want to go back, I ask them to look at it from their right here and now perspective as the adult that they are, because they're no longer young and they're not helpless. Their, their perspective from the right here and now really changes how that story looks and how that story feels. Absolutely. Do you find that individuals often are looking at things from the lens of their younger self versus their more adult um, adult self? Yes, because I don't think that they know they have an option to look at it differently. What we tend to do is to drag all of these thoughts and feelings and experiences through our life without really doing a reality check 
And I think that they get exaggerated. And I think it begins to feel worse and worse. But the more we talk about it, the greater audience we have. And then we get really like hooked on a big audience because the more drama and trauma we've had, the more people are interested. And so it kind of like, it's, it kind of like takes on a life of its own, but it doesn't feel good. And it's not even true. So. (laughs) Right. And sometimes it's true, but maybe it has been, um, as you said, exaggerated because the eyes of a child, I mean, even if you go back to your, say, um, uh, your old homestead or your the house that you grew up in or the street you grew up in, things were different. And there are stories you have attached to that home and maybe that home has now been painted. Someone else is living in it. Um, and I think that happens with your memories as well. Yes. Mm-hmm. And um, so from, let's talk a little bit about your book, if you would like to. Okay. Well, so the ever-loving essence of you. Let's. So I think this is pieces. I think what you're talking about um, with the storyline and changing the storyline, I think is integrated into the ever-loving essence of you. Is that correct? Yes, because I think that when we're all born, we're connected to ourselves and we're feeling really good and we're feeling a sense of love. Um, And then we move further and further away from ourselves just because of society and because in many instances we're trained to look, instead of inward, we're trained to look outward. And so we lose that connection with ourselves. Um, and so um, this book, The Ever-Loving Essence of You, is really a reminder of all the things that we actually all know but have forgotten about how to get back to that place of connection and with our inner being, inner knowing. Yes. And when you say that inner being, inner knowing, um, I know because I've done a lot of the the spiritual work that I think some maybe some of the similar that you, as you have done. Um, what is that inner being or inner knowing? What does that sound like? What does that feel like? I know it's different for every person, but can you share a little bit about how you um, guide um, your your clients to get there? Well, I asked them to remember a time when they had a, an intuition to turn mm-hmm. left instead of turning right. Yes. And they went with that intuition and they turned left. And as it turned out, because they didn't turn right, they missed an accident. Or there is a kind of a feeling of being tapped on the shoulder and being directed from the inside. And mm-hmm. we trust that and go with it. We have no idea how and why we know, but we do know. And I think that's reassuring for people because most people can remember time after time when, in fact, that has occurred. Now, they couldn't really explain it, and maybe they didn't even question it. But that is a constant um, 
thing that is occurring, that we are always being directed from the inside when we are choosing to tune into it. Mm-hmm. Now, there are times when we can be directed and we are choosing not to. We are choosing to say, I have an intuition to do something, but I'm choosing not to do it. Mm-hmm. And I think that is as valuable because you're making a conscious choice. But for the most part, we do know most of the time for ourselves mm-hmm. when we tune in to ourselves. And for me, that's always a feeling like coming home. Mm-hmm. You know, knowing myself, loving myself, trusting myself. And those are those are big milestones to get to. I mean, uh, you seem to have had this from a young age and were resistant to have it taken away from you. Um, most individuals do not have that level of resistance and resilience to um, you had a lot of freedom from uh from what I understand to follow that and to follow your intuition and you didn't, and it wasn't discounted in your childhood. Right. And, and, And I am so appreciative of that. However, I think in today's world, there is more permission to tune in. Absolutely. And to have conversations with yourself about yourself and to trust intuition. Intuition is a word that's, it's very a commonplace today. It's not like a woo-woo word. And I think that um, we have some choices to make about if that's something that we want to do. It's always a choice. Mm -hmm. And I that free will choice, I think whenever individuals hear intuition, they don't really associate it with that that choice and that accountability piece that you were talking about, the account being accountable and taking personal responsibility um, for yourself. I don't think they associate it um, as quickly um, as you potentially would would hope. And we also have a lot of the, even though it is more accepted now, I do believe that we have, we still have a large portion of at least the generation Gen Xers that had uh, some parents, some parental guidance in some form, adult guidance, I should say, to put away that intuition and to put away their own knowing of their own happiness. And I know that's one of the things that you talk about is you're responsible for your own happiness. I believe that, but it's also an opportunity to make a choice because when we give people permission to set aside the things that they have been told, and sometimes it's very difficult because we tend to replay them over and over in our heads, like a mantra, especially if it's from a family, mm-hmm. family of origin, but to kind of like set that aside and ask yourself the question, like, is this even true? Are these things that I was told, are they true? And I think people don't even know they have the option to ask that question. Right. And I agree. It took me a long time to realize that I had the option even though I was pretty strong, strong-minded, 
Um, I did not realize that I had that, the option to choose again, mm-hmm. um, which was part of part of my journey as well. So I absolutely agree that it is very difficult for us to, um, if you've never heard that you have the option because your family of origin has such a strong bond um, in whatever way that is. So I absolutely agree with you that a lot of people don't realize that they can choose again. Yes, and so it's nice to give them permission and to remind them. And I think you also are, and you may disagree with this. I know a lot of my clients, even though they choose again, they tend to kind of fall back to some of those familial or um, story storylines that they were told, you know, in their family of origin or growing up from from a younger age as well. Yes, and but once you have the awareness, then you can catch yourself when you're doing it and make yes. another choice. And I often laugh a lot if I catch myself even in a moment because laughter is such a great way to reconnect with yourself yes. and to give it some levity and not make everything so heavy and then choose again. Yes, I absolutely, I have... Um, some really great friends that will say something to me and they kind of look at me a little strange and I'll say, I don't understand. They were like, that's not in alignment mm-hmm. with anything that you, you say or do. Mm-hmm. And so they laugh at, they laugh, not laugh at me, no, but it's you, kind hopefully. of a chuckle of, <laughs> it's a chuckle of that was just such a departure uh, from who you are now. So uh, that's always, I I do the same thing. Mm -hmm. Then I brood about it a little bit and go, why did I do that? And find the root of it and pull that out. So it looks like we are coming up on our first break. But when we come back, I would love to finish this or talk a little bit more about this. Talk a little bit about your travels and uh, some things that you learned during your travels and some things that you're more passionate about, that you're passionate about. Um, outside of this. How does that sound? Sounds great. Okay. So we, as soon as we come back from break. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit facebook.com forward slash voice America. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics, reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. Voice America programs are now available on your favorite connected device, including Amazon, Alexa, and Google Home. Through streams with Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast. Hey, Alexa. 
Play Finding Your Frequency podcast. If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts. The latest business information is made simple with the Voice America Business Network. The professionals in the business world bring you live talk radio shows featuring an array of business topics, strategies for building wealth, sales and marketing, stock trading, investing, and business technology. Voice America business hosts are professionals in their fields and bring to the airwaves weekly business discussions that offer up-to-date information, advice, and education. The Voice America Business Network. The bottom line in business talk. You are tuned into Counterbalance Conversations with Dr. Melissa L. Strasser. Find out more about Dr. Melissa by visiting counterbalancecoach.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Counterbalance Conversations. I'm here with Jamie Lerner. And before the break, we were talking about how you can change your storyline. And when we left off, we were talking about individuals that don't know how or don't know that they can choose again outside of what they were uh, taught in childhood, uh, what storyline they have created from that time. And Jamie um, I'd love to continue on that that path and talk about how can people change those stories. I mean, we talked about laughter. We can catch ourselves because it's in awareness. Um, but for individuals who've maybe not, they're new on this path, how could they start changing their storyline? Well, I think that even if we were just able to isolate the tone of our story and shift that a little bit, that would be really helpful. So as we're telling our story, if we could emphasize more the powerful moments, the powerful things that have come out of patients that kind of um, you identify with as the story, I think that would be really, really great because I know myself that is a result of everything that I went through as a child and a, a teenager and as an adult, that I am so powerful in who I am now because of that. And yes. that just feels so much better to talk about than yes. to position oneself as a victim. Yes. And I think making that shift, because I've done that in my own life, making that shift does create this power. It's almost, it's kind of that fire in the belly mm -hmm. feeling for yourself. Because now, um, you know, I, I was talking to a girlfriend of mine, um, and she said, you know, there's being the victim, there's being the survivor, and she, she had had some really traumatic times. And she said, it's not just about being the survivor. I'm not even a survivor anymore because the survivor says I'm still a victim. That's true. She said, I'm a warrior now. There you go. <laughs> and so she has shifted her story and her, her story was so much more um, traumatic than mine uh, ever could imagine. So for her to break it down for me in that way, and this is a friend of mine who I've been friends with for 25 years, and I was asking her about some things when I was uh, 
talking about doing some things for a show. And she said, she said, no, this is how my story works out now. She goes, I don't think you need to take that path. She goes, it's, that's still putting people in the victim mentality. They're still in their trauma. She said, and, and she goes, I personally like being on the warrior side of things now. And it's so inspiring to talk to somebody like that. It, it really is. I mean, I, I think that those are the wonderful examples that really help us position ourselves in a place of taking personal responsibility. Yes. And I mean, even for myself, I thought, you know what, if she can do that, I should probably look at some of these things and just shift into that that mode as well. Because I had never thought of it. I always thought of uh, survivorship being a very powerful place. And it is, but I don't think it's the end of the line and the healing. Well, our society has glorified the victim and in and, and many ways continues to. It's um, so, uh, once again, we get the most attention when we are the victim. And our society rewards us for not taking personal responsibility, not mm-hmm. thinking for ourselves, not um, thriving. I mean... <laughs> So, but that's okay. You know, um, that just is what it is. This is not a commentary on our society. It's about making personal choices that feel better for you individually, what you're wanting for your life and how you'd like to direct your thoughts and feelings so that you can step into that new, better feeling story and live it. And then, you know, also getting to that place of joy. Yes. Where you really enjoy what you're doing. You have joy in your life and you have joy with your relationships. Yeah. That's what we're actually here to do. Yeah. (laughs) So that kind of leads into the next conversation that that I wanted to uh, touch on was I know that on some of your resources on your website, and I was really excited to see some of these resources, um, you talked about Abraham Hicks uh, being one of those and Law of Attraction. And you mentioned that you traveled a lot as well, and you experienced many types of spiritual healing modalities. Can you expand on both of those things? Because I know they go well together, and I know how they work in my life together. But I would love to uh, hear your story about your travels and your, I know we can't do it in 25 minutes. (laughs) (laughs) Well, first of all, um, Abraham Hicks is definitely a mentor of mine and um, law of attraction works. And it's actually fascinating because um, the, the more we are uh, talking about what we're not wanting, the more we have what we're not wanting. And the more that we're talking about what we are wanting, the more we are getting what we are wanting. So if we could remind ourselves to only speak about the things that we are wanting and to talk about the things they're wanting and to <laughs> yes and and not to include the things that are unwanted then we could really attract pretty much anything for ourselves only we cannot attract for another but it happens really really quickly and people are amazed because in some ways it's so simple 
And in other ways, it's so complicated. It is. <laughs> it is. Um, I'm also a student of uh, Abraham Hicks. And one of the most impactful examples of this is, you know, we're always, you know, what you resist persists. Mm-hmm. So if you're trying to paddle your canoe, you know, upstream and everything that you're looking for is downstream and all you have to do is quit paddling mm-hmm. and your canoe will float exactly to where you need to be to get all the things that you asked for. Does that mean you don't have to work for anything? Does that mean you don't take action? No, but you put yourself in that position of speaking the things that you want into existence, feeling it, and also um, that place of joy that we were just talking about helps you get in there and really being and really kind of going with the flow. Absolutely. And I think when you talk about working for something, it doesn't feel like work because inspired action feels really different. It's effortless. It really is. Yes. So, and that's when you know when you're in alignment with something, whatever it is that you're doing, when it feels very easy and it all should feel easy. And when it's not feeling easy, then set it aside because the resistance that we create as we get in our own way, really, it doesn't feel good and it doesn't work. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's... Um, it's like putting two magnets together. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, they push away from each other. Mm-hmm. And yes, and I absolutely agree with that. And I've seen that over um, since I left my career, you know, my corporate job, things that are aligned for me and go really really easily come to me very easily. I have started following that path and it has not, um, it has not failed me yet. The things that I think I should be doing that don't feel really great, but they're in my wheelhouse and I should be doing that are it's, it takes a lot of energy and then I don't have energy to just go with the flow. Um, so I think if we could, um, introduce the law of attraction to everyone at, I don't know, age five, which I think what they already know it. Well, I was going to say children are brilliant. They, they do know, and um, it, they're not easily deterred. I have to say, mm-hmm. you know, they're, they're in their imagination quite a bit. And yes. um, so I think we underestimate the power of children and how much they have to, to remind us and to teach us of really like where we need to get back to. Yes. Because they are amazing manifestors. Yes. Children are. Yeah. And I think it would be so much easier. I think the world would flow a lot better if everyone was manifesting. Yeah. <laughs> and in their in their own flow and following their bliss, so to speak. Yes. Um, and what feels good to them. So, <laughs> what about your travels? Okay. So, I, well, I mean, we could talk for a long time uh, about um, law of attraction and attracting. Uh, that may be another show. <laughs> well, the thing that has been most wonderful for me is because I am so connected to myself, mm-hmm. I am so connected to others. And 
And because I'm so connected to myself, I'm so available to others. And a lot of it is on a vibrational level. So I've traveled all over the world in places that I do not speak the language. Yet, when you are at ease with yourself and you are feeling good about yourself, your very presence amongst others puts them at ease. And then there is an amazing connection that occurs and it feels so good to move about the world in that kind of a way. So this has happened to me all over the world. And I know that it is possible for most of us to communicate vibrationally when we're at ease with ourselves and feeling good about ourselves and staying in our connection with ourselves. So um, that's just been a great way to experience um, being in other parts of the world with other people. But for the most part, people are beautiful and they're amazing. And that's what everyone is looking for, the deeper connection. Yes. And I wish we would be able to get that message out to the rest of the world that people are not what you see on TV (laughs) and not what you see in the media and hear about and that the majority of people are just looking for that community and that tribe and that deeper connection, even if if you don't speak the same language, energetically you connect and you've heard stories of this, I, I think from, from others, um, even whenever you hear individuals who have been our military veterans who have been over in uh, different countries that maybe they didn't speak the language, they come back with these beautiful stories of these families and individuals who have supported them and just been so beautiful to them. Mm-hmm. Um, and it sounds like you've seen that part of the world. So where have you traveled? I, I've traveled everywhere. I've been been to, you know, I've been to Guatemala. I've been to South Africa. I've been to Peru. I've been to Switzerland. I've been to China. You know, I, I have, I've, I've been a lot of places in the world and I love people. Um, I'm, I, I'm so inspired by people, and um, it's it's interesting how much you learn about people without words. Mm-hmm. You know, there is a deep connection that flows between people if you allow it. Yes, and it's so gratifying. It's so welcoming. It's so. It, it's just I don't know. It, it reminds us of our humanity and our connection and so it's it's great it's travel is a, a a great opportunity and experience and it's important to get out of the united states and it's also important to not watch the news and think just because you're hearing something's happening in another country that it really is right you know when i read about what was going on in greece and then i was there in greece i couldn't even believe that i was you know all the things that I was reading about, I mean, none of those things were even true. It was so crazy. So I turn off your television, (laughs) right? find some neutral source of news. And if you're interested in traveling somewhere, do a little research on your own to see what's going on there. But for the most part, 
it's 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 important to to get out of your uh, get out of the United States and to broaden your views and your mindset and your palate, the food, yes. all of it. Yeah. So have you, um, you said that you in the had experienced a lot of spiritual modalities while you were um, traveling. Is there one uh, that one or two that you want to kind of talk about and um, say what was so impactful for you? It's interesting because I think that they all come down to the same thing. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you go to another country and you, you know, you, you watch Buddhism or, um, you know, you go to monasteries or, but it all comes down to the same, which is just this deeper connection with the self and with the other. Yeah. Uh, and, and that's why I think we're all connected. You know, there, there is not much of a difference between any of us. No, I think we're all just, we're seekers. Yeah, but seeking what? And I think we're all seeking the same thing, which is connection. That's it. Connection and peace. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree. I would agree with you. Um, and it sounds like you're very, very passionate about tra- your travel. Was there somewhere that was... Sp- was your favorite? Um, I loved Montenegro. I I spent a lot of time there and slept in monasteries and had wonderful experiences there. And so that's a special part of the the world to me. But yeah. um, there's no place that I haven't liked except for Japan, where right. it felt cold to me. Although okay. I was like six months pregnant, so I probably was sensitive, but. I didn't feel the warmth and connection between people almost at all. And right. that was hard for me personally. Yes. As, as a fellow sensitive, that would be um, very, very challenging. Um, if you don't have that connection, that energetic connection, if it feels cold and it feels distant, um, that kind of from an energetic side has a very lonely feel to it. Yeah, it was interesting, but yeah, no, I'm, I would not go back there. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, I mean, they have beautiful cultures, but there is a lot of, um, I, I think, structure. I've never been there, so I can't speak intelligently on it. So I don't want to make any assumptions. So I know that there are some things. So are there some other things that you are passionate about? Are there some causes or something that really lights um, lights your fire other than helping individuals? Well, I also want to say I think we're all doing fine. Oh, absolutely. And I don't think we're broken. And I don't think the world is broken. But then there is another way to live. There's a higher vibrational way to tap into so that we can feel good and experience joy and be happy. And um, so, but I don't think that we need to be fixed. None of us. So I I just wanted to say that. But I absolutely (laughs) agree with you. I agree with you. And um, I, I am really enjoying seeing all of these individuals 
starting to kind of drop the mask and they're starting to drop their walls and they're connecting and uh, waking up to this new way. I don't want to say, you know, being woke or awakening or anything like that, but they're just waking up to this new way that they can live. And it's so beautiful because I've been following this path for about 10, 11 years now. And it is, they have such a beautiful journey ahead of them. And some of them are moving through their journey so much faster than I did with so much, uh, such little resistance. And I love that. That is, that's great. So beautiful. Yeah. And then there's some of us that just want to be miserable and that's okay too. I really applaud that. Like take responsibility and just be like, no, I don't want that. I want to be miserable. I'm fine being miserable. And I think that's okay. Like those people, you know, misery loves company. They'll always be company for people who want to be miserable and that's good. So we're not here to really change anybody either. Mm -mm. No, <laughs> no, no. And I absolutely, even with my clients, you know, I the first thing I ask them is, where do you think you would like to go? Um, where do you see your path going? And it doesn't mean I don't say offer up their other, other options for them. But some people really want to have that very structured uh, life coaching model of I have goals I need an accountability partner, um, that, that early structure of coaching. And then I have some people who are like, I need a combo of some structure, but I also need the spiritual side of things as well mm-hmm. to, and I'm okay. It's wherever they want to go because it's their, it's their journey. Yes. So that's another thing I'm really passionate about is this whole concept of allowing. And allowing is that you get to choose for yourself and then you extend that same courtesy to another and whatever another is choosing for themselves, that's a choice that they get to make without judgment by you. And that is another beautiful way to move about the world and to um, interact with people. Absolutely. And how do you encourage that with uh, the other individuals in your life? Is it by example or? It has to be by example. And I think that's the only way we teach. Words don't teach at all. We think our example really, and, and that's not why we do it. We do it because that's who we are. But when that is who we are, then I think we become a very powerful, um, example of once again what is possible and what feels good yes absolutely and um you mentioned that you were pregnant when you were in japan yeah so you have um so i would imagine that this came through in your uh in your parenting style as well well it did i have three grown boys and i have four grandchildren So I, um, and I think that the whole concept of allowing and really encouraging my children and grandchildren to know for themselves and to trust themselves, um, is, is always been, uh, you know, a a big part of parenting and, and grandparenting and, and it's great 
It's really great. I mean, you just, you watch, especially these grandchildren and they are just on their way. They just, they do know. And when you encourage that at a young age, I think it really creates wonderful um, opportunities for Yeah, absolutely. So we've got about three minutes left uh, in the show. Are there uh, two or three things that you would like the audience to remember or act upon or somewhere where they can get your book or contact you? Um, I have a website. It's www.jamie-ler.com. The book is available on Amazon. It's also on Spotify. And I would like people to begin to uh, know themselves, love themselves, and trust themselves, and nourish and nurture themselves into uh, a good relationship, a loving relationship with themselves, and then, if they choose to, with others. That is wonderful. That is wonderful. And we want them to remember to speak into existence what they want. Yes. Not what they don't want. (laughs) (laughs) And the name of your book is The Ever-Loving Essence of You. Yes. And then you said it was available on Amazon and on your website. So, Jamie, thank you so much for coming on and sharing your wisdom and sharing about your travels and having this wonderful conversation with me. And uh, I look forward to engaging with you more in the future. And um, if you, if any of my listeners would like to contact Jamie, you have questions for her and can't get in touch with her, you can also connect with me through either the host website or through counterbalancecoach.com, or I am on Facebook and Instagram at Counterbalance Coach. And then also you can connect with me, Dr. Melissa L. Strasser, on LinkedIn as well. Again, next week, we will be back here with uh, Ethan Butts from Scion Solutions. And we're going to talk some more about how to protect yourself during the holidays. We're going to talk about some cybersecurity solutions for you. And um, we look forward to you joining us then. Thank you so much and enjoy your holidays. And until next week, be well. Thank you for listening to Counterbalance Conversations. Be sure to join your host, Dr. Melissa L. Strasser, for another inspiring show next Tuesday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time and 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Until our next program, be well, be inspired, be the counterbalance.